Hello, world, and welcome back to another episode. I'm Anthony Bartolo, joined as always by Jason Hand. Jason, how's it going? Hey, Anthony, it's going great. Happy Monday to you. Happy Monday to you as well. How was your weekend? It was uh, it was solid. I got a lot of stuff done around the house. The weather was kind of a little bit of both of the best. We had nice on Saturday and then snow on Sunday. So a little time uh, at home getting some things done. I got to watch a, a few comic book movies that you had recommended to me. So that was a really good use of time uh, yesterday. How, how was your weekend? It was great. Uh, we're finally into the warm weather. Spring is upon us. Um, almost shorts weather. I was very tempted to do so, but uh, still a little bit chilly at night, so can't really do shorts as of yet. Uh, I did see that you got snow on social, which was really cool. And yes, this was a very big TV weekend. There's two big shows that launched uh, this weekend. Actually, one show and one four-hour movie, which was awesome. Uh, and a lot of news this week, too. Did you hear about the uh, announcement that Microsoft put forth on Friday about availability zones? I did. That's a that's a pretty big pretty big deal. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with availability zones, it's you know sort of something that's within a, within our data centers that help us really uh, keep your data you know protected from all kinds of different problems. And the fact that we've got more uh, you know more of these available availability zones available to us, a little bit of a tongue twister there, uh, is really something I think is going to make a lot of people feel a lot more comfortable about their data. What's really cool is, you know, the announcement means that by the end of 2021, this year, we'll have availability zones in every data center that we have around the world. Uh, and they've already begun work in Brazil, which is awesome. You know, I've been told that Brazil uh, is the number one uh, South American country that utilizes Azure services. So, so awesome to see that availability zone come to them uh, first. Uh, that allows them to ensure that their applications and their services that they offer to their customers will always be up. Uh, the SLAs will always always be adhered to, and they'll never run out of services, or, or um, their SLAs will be met to ensure that their customers are satisfied, which is cool. Yeah. What about a quick rundown of the agenda today? Because I know we got a jam-packed show. Yeah, we've got uh, as every Monday, we've got a, a, a lot of great stuff to cover and, and things to share with you. So we've got all of our great friends back from Microsoft Teams. We've got Kayla and Ning, and they're going to be sharing with us some different tips around starting meetings and, and what to do pre-meeting and, and all kinds of things that you should really be considering right before you go uh, into some sort of calendar event meeting. And then uh, Asim's back with some really good stuff. What do you know about that? It's a really interesting conversation when Asim around, you know, when is the best time to run your code? You've heard the uh, the suggestion that you do your laundry or you run your dishwasher after 7 p.m. your, your local time. Uh, because that's when electricity rates are lower because less people are using electricity during that time and factories and businesses are not using electricity during that time so it's at a lower rate but that also means that you're you're using green energy in that respect so you know that's going to be an inter interesting conversation with a sim if coding does the same thing in that respect uh, i also hear that we're going to have a conversation with michael and he's going to be bring a guest to talk about data and ai inside of learn what do you know about that jason yeah, Michael is going to be back, and, and just like you mentioned, he's got a guest with us. Uh, in fact, this time though, they're they're not going to be talking about data and I data and AI. They're actually going to share with us a little bit of, uh, around cognitive services. And I don't know if you've had a chance to play with cognitive services, but pretty powerful stuff. There's a lot of really cool things you can do, but one of the trickiest things is just having a safe place to go test out things. And so they're going to be sharing some information around sandboxes with us. And I'm very keen about that because that means I don't need a Microsoft Azure account to spin up uh, a service I can learn within Sandbox. And then, of course, we have Diego's wall, and he's actually going to tie in the story, to, my understanding, into Brazil as well, and a great conversation around lemons, which I'm very much looking forward to. Sounds cool. 
Yeah, Diego's back, is, and you know he's always got a lot of fun stories to share with us from from all his adventures and and time spent spent with Microsoft and then in and around the community. So that's going to be a really fun fun story to close out the day too. I'm really excited about that as well. So yeah, all all over. This is just going to be a really a really great show, and I can't wait to get started. So why don't we? Uh, speaking of that, let's just maybe move on into our first segment here and, and invite our friends. Uh, let's get. Ning and Kayla over, and uh, they're back with a few more tips and tricks about Microsoft Teams. Hi, Ning. Hi, Kayla. How are you? Hey, Jason. We're good. Uh-oh. It looks like, uh, Ning, you're, you're on mute there. Oh, sorry about that. I was on mute. Um, it's always kind of awkward when that happens at the start of a meeting. Um, but luckily, we're going to talk about how to prevent that today. Excellent. Yeah, I think that's something that's really it's happened to everybody. In fact, I'd, I'd be surprised if it hasn't happened to just about everybody. Um, we were having a call earlier today about how how that, uh, you know, it's just sort of a thing. You see it on T-shirts and coffee mugs and jokes being made all the time. So what can you tell us to, to help us prevent some of that from happening? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to talk to you about the pre-join experience. And so, you know, as we've all experienced, sometimes meetings have a tendency to sneak up on us and we end up rushing to join them. But if we slow down and just take a few seconds before we join, we can ensure that even if we're a few minutes late to a meeting, at least we're arriving exactly the way we want to be. So I'm sure that we're all familiar with this window that comes up every time you try to join a meeting in Teams. So as you can see on the left, you've got a section for your video settings. And on the right, you've got your device settings. And if you're working from home like me, you're probably joining meetings from your computer. And so under computer audio, you can see that I am using my Plantronic headset, which I'm actually wearing right now. Um, but let's say that I'm having trouble with my headset and I can't get it to work. Well, there's no need to panic. I can just go over to the icon on the right hand side and open up my device settings. And from here, I can pick and choose across whatever device I want, what I want for speaker, microphone and camera input. So let's say that I want to adjust my speaker. I just click on that drop down, choose what device I want. Same with microphone and camera. And I can mix and match across my devices to make sure that I have the optimal audio and camera setup for whatever meeting I'm about to join. So I've got that squared away. Now let's go over to my video setting. So over here on the bottom, I can click to choose whether I want my camera on or off. I'll just toggle that button. Uh, and I can also go over and set my background filters. And this is really important because Teams will actually save the previous background filter you've had for your last meeting. And you want to make sure that you're entering a meeting with an appropriate background filter. So these are just some good ways to make sure that you feel prepared and presenting yourself the best version of yourself every time you join a meeting. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a great tip to make sure that your background is, uh, you know, meeting appropriate or or whatever the case may be. And I also point out that even though the mute thing is is turned into a little bit of a joke, there's also a setting in there that if it's a large audience that's in the uh, in the meeting already, that you'll be muted automatically, which is actually kind of nice. Uh, I'm wondering what other kind of settings that you can share with us, though, uh, that we could be looking at for these meetings that might help improve these calls. So that's a great question. Someone was just asking me about this. Um, I was advising them on hosting an event in Teams, and they wanted to know if dial-in callers would be able to participate. And as any advisor or any consultant would say, my answer was, it depends. 
So many people don't know that as the organizer, you have the ability to change the meeting options. If you open the meeting, um, you that's where you can click on meeting options. And this is where you determine uh, who gets into the meeting. Is it just people in your company? Do you allow guests? What type of guests? And you can also define who will be able to access the meeting directly or who will have to wait in the lobby. Um, so you know that little pop-up that comes up and it says such and such is waiting in the lobby. Um, and then you have to click the button to admit them. This is actually where you're able to change that so that they can bypass the lobby. You can also control who has the ability to present. So little known fact that by default, everyone in the meeting is actually considered a presenter, which means they can open their share tray and share content. However, you can change this if you have an event or if you're a teacher and you don't want students taking over the screen, you can identify specific people by typing in their names. They just have to be included in the meeting and by on the list of participants. Um, you also have the option to determine if people can unmute themselves all willy-nilly or if they'll be hard muted. So they have to raise their hands before um, unmuting themselves in a meeting. So those are just a couple of the options you can choose from as an organizer for your meeting. Awesome. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much again for joining us here on these on this Monday with these amazing tips and tricks. Uh, you know, looking forward to more next week. So thank you so much, Anthony. How many times of uh, how many times a day do you think you say you're on mute? <laughs> exactly. I was just on mute. Jeez, there we go. See, yeah. happens to me daily. Exactly. All right. Well, next up, we've got Asim. He's going to be talking about the best time of the day to run your code and save energy. So, awesome. How are you? Please join us and uh, share your wisdom with us. Thank you very much. Yeah, great, uh, great, great to be here. Thank you for having me on again. Yeah, so when is it a good time to, to, to run your, your code? Now, if, if you know, like, the, um, some electricity is, is green and some electricity is, is, is not green. And as Anthony was suggesting earlier on, is, like, some, at some times of the day, there can be more green electricity on the grid. And, and actually, it's changed. I'd, say, I'd argue, Anthony, it's changed a little bit. It used to be kind of, like, very, very normal. It used to be, like, the evenings at nighttime. That was when there was the greenest electricity because... That's when most people aren't really using it, and uh, that's when the wind is still blowing and the sun's not shining. But actually, with COVID and kind of other things, those, those that it's not so straightforward anymore. There can be times of the day, sometimes in the middle of the day, it actually can be the greenest time because people there's so much sunshine uh, coming through, and people aren't really using electricity as they used to do. So it's it's changed a lot over time. Um, and yeah, but you can run just the same as the kind of like charging an EV outside your house. Um, I don't have one yet, but I'm planning on one. So just like charging an EV outside your house, you might choose the times of the day where it's the greener electricity. It's usually the cheaper electricity as well. Um, you can also run your, your your code at those times as well. There's various services that let you know what the carbon intensity, which is kind of that measure of how clean or dirty electricity is. Um, and, 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 and you can then, you know, use that data to basically choose, okay, today I'm going to run it at, at, at 4 p.m. because I, the data is telling me that that's the cleanest time to run to run, to run run your workload. But I also, for, for me, a real eye-opener for me was when I finally understood what a brownout and what a blackout was. Um, I always thought a blackout was like something went wrong at the power station or, you know, something... But a blackout is almost oftentimes a preventative measure that utilities take to stop you to stop overloading the grid 
with electricity. So if you pump too much electricity in, they'll shut off certain regions just to stop that um, electricity from kind of uh, uh, overtaking and kind of blowing everything up in your house. Um, and that's a problem with kind of green electricity or, or, or that's a challenge with kind of renewable electricity because you, you can't really stop when a wind, uh, when the wind's blowing, when the sun's shining. If it's shining and the wind's blowing, you're getting free electricity. And it's free electricity. Why wouldn't you take it? So uh, one of the, so the other thing that, the, the running your code at times when this electricity is available isn't just oh, I'm patting myself on the back because I'm using green electricity. You're actually helping because you're consuming the electricity at a problem when at the time when there might be a glut of it, and therefore you're helping the transition to renewable uh, to renewable power. So that, that's the way I like to think about kind of the work that I do to to kind of move my workloads off. It's not just to be carbon efficient. It's also you know, to help the world transition to, to renewable power. Yeah. So that's awesome. And so the whole aspect of running code after 7 p.m., especially in the pandemic and the way that we're using electricity now differs from what it was prior to, you know, it, it's understanding when is the best time to use electricity. And, you know, in places like here in Canada, we have it in some scenarios where the hydro companies will actually pay you to use electricity because they have an abundance of it and they need to run through it. How are we working with code to look into those type of opportunities and to help organizations capitalize on those instances where the hydro companies will pay them to use electricity? Yeah, so the things that we're really focusing on, because Microsoft doesn't quite pay for electricity the same way that I or you might pay for electricity. We, we also, we're already taking advantage of kind of different negotiations. The thing that we're really focusing on is something called 24 seven um, matching, which is more along the lines of um, instead of trying to add up, um, this is how much green electricity we bought today. This is how much fossil fuel powder electricity bought today. We're netting it out adds up to zero. We're green. We're not doing it on a daily basis. We're now we're now trying at certain places to do it on an hourly basis, which is saying, look, I don't care if it's 7pm we're going to get more green electricity. Right now, we need more green electricity to, to, because we're consuming more like green electricity. And then that kind of drives um, the markets to kind of create that stuff for you. And and we're doing that at, at the at our Swedish campus. And we're also doing it at, I believe, our Swedish data center as well. So more information will be made available on the blog post. So check out aka.ms forward slash hello world and you'll learn more about that. Now we're going to jump to Michael, who is back with another guest uh, to talk about data and AI on Microsoft Learn. Was that Microsoft Learn is a free interactive training platform. And inside of that training, you can pick different types of courses. And also there is this concept of sandboxes. So with the sandbox, uh, you can try out different features and functionality really without ever leaving your browser. And if it requires Azure, uh, you don't have to uh, create your own Azure account. It'll give you one that you can play with for a couple of hours. Now, I'm super pleased and super happy to bring on Jason today. Jason is going to tell us a little bit more about cognitive services in this sandboxed environment. Jason, the floor is yours. Yeah, thank you, Michael. 
So cognitive services are, of course, some of the most useful uh, Azure resources we, we have, but uh, they're also some of the most fun. We have things like the ability to read forms, custom vision. You can do uh, text-to-speech with, with custom voice fonts, uh, Bugs Bunny or, or, or things like this, right? Um, and, and so it's a lot of fun. Um, but in order to use it, of course, you generally have to spin up a resource. Maybe you just want to learn about it. You still have to spin up a resource. It still costs money. Um, this is actually what Microsoft Learn solves with our sandbox. And I've got a video uh, that I can show you here of, of one of our sandboxes, our, our new modules that we're previewing here coming up. Uh, this is a preview. This module isn't live yet, but it's going to teach you about Forms Recognizer. And at the end of it, it's going to actually let you spin up a Forms Recognizer resource. So uh, let's, let's take a look. The introduction modules will tell you about the resource type. So in this case, uh, Forms Recognizer, once again, we learn about what it is, what's the use cases for it, uh, how we can use the SDK, um, what's, a good, what's a good time to use it. And, and even just what it does, right? So, so we also have in this module, something called use forms recognizer. This use forms recognizer is going to allow us to connect our Microsoft account to Microsoft's Azure resources or Microsoft subscription. So you don't need a subscription. You connect to ours, you copy and paste that script in and run it right there in the learn window. You're going to run that script and it's going to fire up a forms recognizer resource. It's going to fire up a demo website. The demo website's going to open right up there for you. Now you can play with this forms recognizer. And again, we're going to do this for a lot of our different cognitive services, right? We're going to allow you to get in there and actually work with it. Now, this isn't just a demo. I'll get to that in a minute, but let's actually look at the demo part of it. So with the demo, I can click one of these images um, or PDFs. We can, Forms Recognizer will work with PDFs or images and it will parse the document. And when it parses the document, this is not just doing say image recognition or text recognition in an image. It actually understands the concept of invoices, of receipts. You can train custom types and do things like say, recognize a restaurant menu and parse out the nutrition information or just what you can order, right? You can actually get it to understand these things. And you can see you have invoice ID right there. That's actually understanding. It actually is using the domain. Uh, in our demo here, we also have invoices, receipts, or that is invoices. We also have receipts. Um, built in is also business cards. And like I said, you can train custom things like restaurant menus. But again, we're not just looking at a demo. This isn't just a demo. You're actually connected to an Azure subscription that created these resources. That means you can go look at the portal or look at the Azure client and actually see what was created behind the scenes. You can look at the script we use to create these. In fact, you can even connect to the ASP.NET website that's hosting this demo, connect to it with Visual Studio Code, step through it step by step. You can actually figure out what we're doing here. So that sounds very, 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 very awesome there, Jason. Uh, before we wrap up, can we give them a link where they can go and they can learn a little bit more? Yeah, so go to aka.mscogsvcsandbox. Right there on the screen, you see that. Uh, one module is there right now, but we're going to keep updating that over the course of the next few months. We should have about nine modules there with brand new features for interacting with the Sandbox. Excellent. 
Thank you very much. Now I'm going to hand it back on over to our host. Hello, Jason. And hey. <laughs> thank you so much, Michael. And Jason, thank you for joining us today. That was really awesome. I love cognitive services. I've been playing with that for quite some time. I think one of really the only problem I have with cognitive services is it gives me so many ideas every single time somebody talks about it. And I just don't have the time to go to go play around with it. But thank you again for your time today. This has been awesome. Uh, now I think it's time for another visit with our good friend, Diego. So let's go visit Diego. Hi, Diego. How are you today? What's going on with you, man? Hello, Jason and Anthony. And hello, world. I'm doing good. I'm here in my office. Yeah? How was your weekend? Good weekend, yes. Yeah? Did you make, uh, make any tasty drinks or any sugary beverages or anything like that for us? I did some lemonade, and I based that on the story I want to tell today from the wall. Today, it's story time, Jason, and it starts like this. Once upon a time, there was this gentleman called Vanderlei de Lima, and he was a long-distance runner from Brazil. He ran marathons, and his dream was to give Brazil the first ever gold medal in the Olympics. And when he was 35, this opportunity was there. Athens 2004, he was at his prime, and he started running 26 miles, and he was in first place by a lot, by 25 seconds. You know, in a marathon, 25 seconds towards the end, that's a big difference. He was going to win. And then with less than three miles to go, disaster hits. A random individual who wanted to promote the idea that the world is coming to an end runs into the track and very violently pushes him towards the crowd. Right there, you can see his face of pain. And Vanderlei lost 10 seconds recovering in the crowd. And then he started running back. He was still first, but, you know, you need a lot of mental toughness when you're running a marathon and and he got so this so unfocused that one guy passes him on and then another one and he came in third and he won bronze so it's a it's a sad story but here's the twist at the end he had a wonderful attitude about it people asked him how he felt about the bronze medal and he said i am happy because in my heart, I know this is a gold medal. <laughs> I get emotional when I say that. In my heart, I get it. And his attitude was so good about it that the Olympic Committee giving, gave him a sportsmanship medal, the only one that across all the Olympics is a medal that only one athlete gets. He, when he went back to Brazil, he was received as a hero. And his other countrymen who won gold medals wanted to gift them gifting them the gold medals and he was named athlete of the year in 2004 and brazil has a lot of athletes and and here's the cherry on top 12 years later in 2016 in the brazil olympics he was given one of the greatest honors which was to light the olympic flame right there so this is when it happened 2004 and this is him 12 years later and so the question for us is is what happened to Vanderlei that that catastrophe was something bad or was something good? Would we be talking about him as a hero if that didn't happen? Would we be? Would he be an athlete of the year? Would he be lighting the torch? Probably not. But so here's the thing: the thing is, life gives you lemons. They give us all. We all get lemons. Some of us get more than others, but we all get them. And it's about making lemonades. Irving Berlin, a great American music composer, said, life is 10% where we make it and 90% how we take it. We put our best foot forward. Life gives us a lot of lemons. 
and we need to become great lemonade makers. Uh, what do you think, Jason, about this story so far? Uh, I, I love that story, just like all the ones that you have to share with us. I think it's such a great perspective about how you really can't control the, the things that life's going to throw at you. It's not always going to play out how you think it should. Uh, and even when you're in first place and you have everything that looks like you're going to win a race, uh, things can change very quickly. And uh, I think it's important to have that perspective to, to just know that it, really that you can trust yourself to move yeah. forward and everything's going to be okay. And also just having that positive attitude to, to, to be able to take something that, you know, really seems like maybe a sad situation and turn it into something positive. And, and you know, you pointed out how so many people around the world, even back home in, in, in Brazil, really, you know, thought of him as a hero, not because he won, uh, not right. because he you know, came in third, but because of his actions and the way that he handled yes. that situation. You know, I talked about a few weeks ago about how attitude trumps expertise. He was not a hero because he could run fast and long. Many people can do it. He was a hero because of his attitude, specifically his greed, perseverance, humility. So I have a call to action for all of you, which is think back at a time life gave you lemons. Think about something bad that happened to you and try to reframe it and think, what are you today? What have you been able to do today? Where are you in life today because of that bad thing that happened? You know, like Tony Bennett, the basketball coach, he once said, if you learn to use it right, and that's the key, you have to learn to use it right. If you learn to use it right, adversity will give you a ticket to a place you cannot go any other way. So listen to Pink Martini's song, the lemonade song. I'm going to demonstrate live. You get a lemon, you squeeze it like this, and then you can make lemonade. And uh, I'll see you again on Friday. All right. Thank you, Diego. Thank you again for that great story. Uh, Anthony, what do you think about today? I, I really love Diego's story, right? It ties into, you know, even what, what Satya says, be a learn-it-all, don't be a know-it-all. The whole aspect of having that right mindset, having that right attitude, means that more people would want to work with you and everybody learns together and everybody up is uplifted together, right? It's such a huge thing. You can come in with all the knowledge in the world, but if you're not willing to share, you're not going to grow as an individual. You're not going to grow people around you, which is not a great thing, right? I, I love that that story that was shared today with, with that. Jason, what yeah. did you think of the show today? Yeah, plus one on that. You know, one of the reasons I love working with, you know, Microsoft and, and working with this team is because we all accept that life is full of failures, full of things that just don't go the way you want. Uh, but it's really about, you know, how you learn from that and improve. And, you know, even with this show, uh, you know, we're, we're making constant improvements every every single episode. And I think that's really part of, you know, the bigger picture here is that we, you know, live that type of mentality and, and pass that on to others. And, and really, I think that's kind of the key to success for so many of us is that we uh, we just accept that there's going to be things that don't go well and, and take take it for what it is and learn and improve. So uh, really excited to be able to share that those types of lessons here on the show with us. Uh, let's talk about what's coming up next on Learn TV for, for everybody who's going to be sticking around. We've got Career Switcher Stories. Which you have, if you haven't seen that, Anthony, that's a really fun segment, a really fun show on Learn TV, talking about folks who are you know, pivoting in their career, whether it's pandemic related or not. And then, um, you know, also next uh, or tomorrow, we've got some really cool stuff uh, with uh, Laurent's going to be our host as well as Suze. And, and uh, there's a couple different segments we got this week in Channel 9. What else we got next tomorrow? Do you remember? Yep. So we have Aaron Wislang is going to come on and he's going to talk about LazyGit, which I'm very interested to see. Um, I'm challenged with using Git and I, I want to see how LazyGit will help me, especially incorporating that into my CLI practices every day. Uh, we talked about this week in Channel 9. There will also be the audience challenge, which I'm very excited about. I love uh, Jeremiah Dooley's 
segment where he poses a challenge in terms of his experiences back in IT and back in technology and how others in social media respond to those challenges as represented the next day. Uh, and I think, Jason, there's uh, Code Talk Talk as well tomorrow. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's always a fun segment. I don't know how much time you spend on TikTok, but it's uh, it's been really fun uh, to see those segments. Well, tell you what, let's bring everybody back on the team and say goodbye for the day. Gayla uh, and Ning, I'm a little tongue twisted this morning, but thank you for joining us with our with our team's tips and tricks. Uh, awesome had to go, so he's not with us right now, but uh, we've also got Michael and Jason. Thank you for, for all of the, you've been able to share with us around cognitive services and, and joining us. And of course, Diego, uh, couldn't you know? Wouldn't be a Monday without some kind of awesome story from Diego and and his wall. Diego, I hope you're putting some sugar in there because I don't know if you want to just drink raw, raw lemons. <laughs> That's you, right. You can make some. You can make some good ceviche with that, but I don't know. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody, and enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you next time. See ya. Thank you. Bye bye.